Welcome to the Business with Bordeaux podcast, where we're bringing basic business tips to entrepreneurs and the future leaders of tomorrow. Let's get down to business. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Business with Bordeaux podcast. I thank you for joining me here on the show this week. We have a really, really great interview with a couple of gentlemen from New Zealand. So it's a lot of first for the show this week. And uh, we're going to talk about Work Smart Show. And we're also going to talk about Ultimate Drum University. But uh, I do want to let y'all know that if you haven't favorited my station on Anchor, if you don't know, um, which I mean, if you listen to the show, you didn't know, according to last week's show, that I'm on a new platform called Anchor. It's a completely audible social media site or not site uh, app. And so what it allows you to do is it allows you to really share your voice and so I have a station there. Uh, actually I actually have, well, there's two. There's a, a business with the Bordeaux station in which I'm posting up topics throughout the week. You can call in and respond to the topic. And so it's really a, a really listener uh, participative podcast, if you could say that. And then uh, what I'll do is I actually create episodes from the initials post and all the responses, and it shows up on iTunes. So you can follow that actual podcast channel on iTunes as well uh, as you know as well as this one if you haven't done so already and is it, we had some real good discussions so far uh, I did one called top five Christian companies so make sure you go check that out and um, and you know if you feel like you want to do some kind of show uh, whatever it is anchor it really is a good platform to do so and you can do it straight from your phone everything you could do is straight from your phone and there's so much you can do about it if you have any questions just let me know I'll try to help walk you through the process. But before we get started with the interview, I do want to thank our patrons for the show, Mr. Aaron Simpkins at TrueStrengthApparel.com. If you haven't checked out the website, please go do so. Check out the Game Face t-shirt that he's got in uh, collaboration with KJ52. That t-shirt will be giving one of those away uh, in a contest. It's the same as the last contest we had. You have to share your two favorite episodes from the Business with Bordeaux podcast on your social media account and hashtag Business with Bordeaux and hashtag True Strength Apparel. Please use both of those hashtags so it's easier to track. And I also want to thank WordPress Stan for uh, the wonderful things that he does over at WPStan.com. If you need help building a website, uh, specifically with WordPress, that's your man to go to. Make sure you hit them up if you need any kind of help with that. So anyway, without further ado, here is the interview with Mr. Stefan Speller and Jared Green. All righty, welcome back to the Business with Bordeaux podcast here with another interview. And this week we're going across the sea or across the ocean technically. But uh, but we have a couple of gentlemen with us all the way from New Zealand. And when I say all the way, they're not here. Obviously, we're on a Skype call. But we have um, Mr. Stefan Speller from the Work Smart Show. Uh, part of the team, and also Jared Green, who's a part of that team, but he also has his own journey with uh, with the drum business, and we're going to talk to both of them about those both of those ventures, and then if there's any differences and what it's like here in America doing business or what it's like in New Zealand. So uh, I want to welcome both of y'all to the show. Um, how are you doing? I'm great. I'm great. It's good to be We're here. Good. It is definitely very good to be here, especially Jason. We've talked to you for a while, so it's good to actually talk. I know, I know. We've been uh, we've been um, kind of chit chatting on Twitter and uh, through email a little bit, but uh, it's definitely good to have you on the show. And um, 
and and be able to chit chat back and forth uh, without having to type it out and waiting for a response. <laughs> Especially so. for the fourteen hour time delay. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's funny. I've never talked to anybody from the future. <laughs> so this is pretty unique and it's pretty cool for me, especially being a comic book fan. You know, you see a lot of the future things going on. So it's really cool. It's actually a dream come true of mine. So y'all, you guys are making it possible. I'm glad we could do that. (laughs) But yeah, so, um, I mean, so just a kind of quick introduction, um, Stefan, I'm assuming you're the one that reached out to me through email the very first time, right? Was that you? Definitely. Yep. Definitely. So I run most of the works might show the emails and the podcast, social media side of things and the website. Yeah, so, so you reached out a while ago, and uh, and I thought it was cool that somebody else was reaching out kind of in the same atmosphere. Mm. And um, and so I'm just curious to know, you know, what was it that made you want to reach out uh, whenever you were kind of getting this thing going? It's interesting because I wasn't intentionally reaching out to you in a way. I guess it was just, hey, you're doing something interesting. So I was obviously a fan of Track Stars and found you through them. Um, past that, I guess it was just, this guy's really good. You know, the, the topics you have are really interesting. Um and then just, you know, sort of friendly reaching out. And it's odd it's come down to this sort of thing being on your your podcast because it's kind of like, oh, this always happened very suddenly to get to this stage. <laughs> well, that's cool, man. So so what was it that made you want to get the Work Smart show started? Like what, what kind of got you interested in that space? At least in the podcast space, I was um, on a podcast with a friend of mine a couple of years ago and I really enjoyed that side of things. But I just did turn up on the day and just get involved. So it, when that sort of fell apart, um, due to him leaving uh, town, um, there was just sort of no opening for that. So when it came up again, um, I guess I found a passion in business and that sort of thing. So it became obvious. And especially I talked to Jared at my brother's wedding and we were very, I guess we clicked again. You know, we had the same exact interest in a lot of things. So we kind of said, hey, we can we can do this. But as well as I was having a lot of the same conversations we have on our podcast with people at work and people outside of work. So it was obviously an interest there. Cool, cool. So, Jared, how do you uh, how do you fit into the Work Smart Show space? Excuse me. Well, basically, like Stephen said, we we um bumped, well we caught up quite extensively at my cousin's wedding, um, mm. and just from there, basically, um, decided that you know business. Well, I was wanting to do business teaching drums online, which is what I'm doing at the moment. And we just kind of hit it off like we, we we read the same books, follow the same people on Facebook, Twitter, all that kind of stuff, and just kind of went from there. I'd always wanted to do a podcast, and I hadn't really talked to Stefan about it that much, but it just kind of came about that we clicked and we decided we were going to do it. And I guess for podcasting, it's kind of got to be a little bit self-indulgent in the way that you've kind of got to enjoy what you're talking about, and you kind of got to do it for you at the start, and then just get like-minded people to follow along the way, I guess, is kind of my approach to it. And that was what made it easy was I thought if I could have this conversation with Jared about something that I never thought I'd be interested in and it was fascinating to me when we were discussing it, that was easy to put on air because it's just replicating the same discussions we're having off air anyway. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's kind of similar to uh, the other show I'm a part of, the Solomon's Porch podcast, me and my buddy over there. Like the conversation we have on that show was just a conversation between friends. And we were like, if we did this on a microphone and recorded it, some people might find the topics interesting. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> we were told by our radio studio that we work with as well, that we, um, I guess, use the studio for. Um, they said that it's interesting no matter what your topic is, so long as you're engaging. Do you know what I mean? If Jared and I are having an interesting conversation, then it doesn't matter what it's on. It's interesting to listen to because we're interested in it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, 
Uh, kind of speaking of that, so do you have like, do you go to a, a particular studio and record the show? Mm, yeah, so I go to a Access Metal 2 studio, um, obviously in Metal 2, um, which is a local sort of studio. Jared is the Skype call that we pull in, um, and we're hoping to have one of my friends, Jeremiah, um, on in the studio as well, because he's in Palmerston with us. Okay, okay, cool deal. So is this like a, a public studio that anybody can use? Because I... Because I've heard the radio show, and whenever I hear it, it says uh, like a public. Is it, it, it sounding kind of like our our PBS? Yeah, I guess so. Because we have a New Zealand on air here, which is a part of the government that funds um, New Zealand-made music, um, TV, all sorts of things, and that's sort of one of the stations they've set up to do that. Okay, okay. So, I mean, is there any kind of upfront cost to you, or is it just kind of like donated time and uh, availability for? For you and what you're doing yeah pretty much i guess we for myself at least dealing with the radio station more than jared it's really on me to create the content and then they'll you know it's sort of a trade-off we create interesting content for them and they'll give us the air time because it's beneficial to both of us that way okay yeah, so cool, stefan cool. comes up with everything and i just come on get the email a couple of days before the show and talk smack really and that's about it <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting because, um, again, my buddy and I, like, we'll come up with topic ideas, and then he'll come up with all the the main background content for it, and then I'll just kind of do what you do, Jared, and, and and then I handle all the technical aspects of recording, the uploading the show, and all that. So with the with the Work Smart show, I know you have a daily blog going, so. How do you kind of handle that and schedule it out? Because, you know, whenever I, myself personally, whenever I think about a daily blog, like to me, it, you know, obviously it's something that, and, and I've kind of heard on your show that, uh, that, that you kind of batch process that. Is that right? That's right. So um, I guess my wife and I are both bloggers. So Danny, my wife's got a blog as well. So we're sort of, you know, tag teaming that. So she'll get time with the kids. Um, and I'll, you know, when they're in bed, we'll blog and vice versa. So there is sort of a little bit of combination of that. So um, because she's sitting down blogging or I then have the time to do it, and I'm also driven to do it because she's doing it or vice versa. So the days that she's like, nah, I don't want to do that, I'm already sitting at the table doing something. So she kind of feels she has to. So there's kind of a fine, you know, balance or competition there, I guess, in a way. Um, the way I do it, though, is every three or four days, I'll just sit down and write maybe six or seven blogs and then schedule them to go online. Um, I was doing them in my lunchtimes at work, so I'd write two or three every lunchtime and then sort of not have to do any, but I just find it easier to do it at night when I'm at home now. Gotcha, gotcha. So how do you figure out what it is you want to write about? Do you just have a list of different topics you go down or do you just kind of come up with them on the spot? Yes, because that's one thing you talk about every time someone says they're going to write a blog, they're like, what do you write about? And I could sit here and write a blog now and have anything on the top of my mind to write about but whenever i think of anything obscure as it may be two in the morning middle of a work meeting i'll put it down on my phone and i've got a list of probably 100 or so that i'll just pull from how so, did you come up with that list a lot of them when i started when i was like okay these are the things that i want to do right so the top of my list is things like um balancing time home advantage um connectedness and things like that and then it just kind of as you added like one of yours i was talking about one of your shows you did with jsla mm -hmm. and there was that line the best growth hack is to create daily content and that just stuck on my mind so much i was like cole put that down while i was listening write about that later so there's things like that if you're just listening to tv watching whatever you know it just sticks in your mind even jared said a couple of things that i'm like cool that's cool you know i'll put that down and write about it later gotcha gotcha yeah, we had a we had a bit of a um, a conversation about Ty Lopez on one of our one of our episodes, 
And I'm I'm quite a fan of Ty Lopez's. I've done some of his programs, and Stefan's kind of from the other side. So that was quite that was quite which interesting is, topic we came which, up with in the middle of one of our podcasts. Yeah, which is great because Jared, I'm a big fan of Dave Ramsey, and you're less than I am. Not a huge fan, but you know, so we're kind of combination of the two. Eh? Yeah, gotcha, definitely. Gotcha. So, um, Jared. With, yep. with your drum business, how long have you been kind of doing the, the drum thing and, and what made you think about uh, creating a business out of it? Well, um, I've been doing it for probably just over a year and I kind of, I got into it because I've got a friend that teaches guitars, uh, guitar online um, and I'd kind of thought about starting my own business for a long time and and talked about it and just never got around to it. And I was, I was actually thinking about joining the army. I was training quite hard at the gym and running and stuff to try and get into the army because I wanted to travel. And I just had no idea what I, what I wanted to do. And I wanted to do another um, trade. Like I already had an apprenticeship qualified apprentice in um, horticulture. So after that, I was just kind of like, I want to, I want to, you know, work towards something because I was just in a manual laboring job, which had no, uh, nowhere to, to grow or be promoted or you know go up the ladder or anything like that and so I talked to my friend Charlie who runs Guitar Mastery Method and he's doing quite well on that and he just basically sat me down and he's like what's wrong with you he's like why don't you just start your business like why do you want to join the army and I was like explaining to him all these reasons that I just said to you you know just kind of lost and so I've started on this and I've I'm currently in the process of making my first core product and then I'm going to hopefully be living off that by the end of the year. Cool, cool. So are, are they like drum lessons that you uh, provide online? Yeah, I, I've got a membership website, which is all protect, like password protected and stuff. And it's, okay. um, it's so basically uh, the prospect or the, the drummer will see the ad on Facebook because I specifically get them. And then they, uh, they go to the landing page, they opt in for a, um, a cheat sheet, which is a 15-page ebook that I've written. And then um, go through a series of emails, and then they get pitched a product, which is a, a tripwire product, which is seven US dollars, um, and it's just designed to make a buyer. But it's not really um, aimed at my target audience at this point because most of the guys on my email list have been playing drums for 25 plus years. Mm. So teaching them how to play drums is not really going to sell to them. So now I've I've got them through a deep dive survey, a big survey where I I basically the main question I want to discover from them is you know what um what is the single biggest challenge when it comes to their drumming and so from there uh, i can create a product that that touches on roughly 80 percent of the the target market what their main problem is and help them to break through with that so i'm selling them a product they actually want rather than selling them a product i want to sell so it's more beneficial for the for the customer so that's it's interesting so you started off with a particular idea product but the customers that you encountered were too advanced for that product so instead of going and finding a target for your current product you're going to elevate your business by finding out what problem they have and fixing that problem (laughs) exactly right cool i actually heard a podcast over on a Pat Flynn's podcast is Smart Passive Income. And he had an episode where somebody was saying his whole entire career is built off of just finding out certain industries' problems and how to fix that problem using apps and technology. Yeah, was that that, um, Ryan Levesque by any chance? 
I honestly I, I can't remember off the top of my head. Because yeah, Ryan Levick is the guy that that created he called it's called the Ask method, and heaps of companies yes. all over the world have um, um, employed him. And he basically it's just asking your prospects like what is the problem and what can we help you solve rather than like this is what you need to do because no no one not the majority of the market's not going to buy something that you're telling them they need they're going to buy what they need you know what i mean that makes sense exactly exactly so basically find out what the problem is and solve it for them rather than trying to solve something that's not a problem for them, you know yeah it's, a, it's, it's such a good point and uh when you said that you know obviously it kind of brought out to my attention but i have a feeling that between the three of us we probably all have a lot of crossover podcast that we all listen to <laughs> so by the end of the show i want to get like the top five that that, that both of you kind of check out or whatever all right yeah <laughs> so at this point in your business uh so one i heard on your last show which i i don't think your show is available yet on podcast platform but you were saying that you're running facebook ads yeah at, at the point in time i heard uh that the show so what, what's your experience when the Facebook ads been? Because I'll be honest, I'm just now running it. But for me, it's more for awareness because I don't have a product that I'm selling at this point. Yeah, totally. Um, and so how is that working for you? I'm not an, I'm not an expert by any means. Uh, eventually, I want to outsource it when I when I start making enough money to someone else that really knows how to do it. But I've, I've done a, um, a training program, which is about 2000 US dollars to do, I think. Um, but I've found it to be like just because you can hyper target people, you know, it's so beneficial. And the fact that you can like anything to do with drumming, but that could be I found that to waste your money. So, what I do is I, I, I test uh, my interests individually. So, I tested 20 interests. And only three of them came back converting on my free offer, which was that book I mentioned before, that that came in under two dollars, which is kind of the threshold to to not be wasting money for me. So those were Zildjian, Minor Symbols, and Vic Firth. Um, all the other ones were just wasting my money. So just in the fact that you can hyper target like that and only target people that like those pages, you can really um, narrow down on on your ideal customer and people that actually convert on your offer, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And so whenever I, I you did it. Oh, go ahead. Uh, and I haven't, I haven't, I haven't done anything with Instagram ads yet because I'm, I'm not familiar with that platform advertising at all. Um, and I don't advertise to mobile at this point, but eventually I will work up to that, to that. I understand. So is most is most of your target reached as a, is a lot of that from your local area or a US or otherwise worldwide? I only target the US at this point because it's basically the biggest audience that speaks English. Mm. Okay. And I think we okay. do too. As well. So, yeah. sorry, what did you say? We do too for most of the work smart show stuff. We just target. We, we post at specific times for the US as well just because it's the biggest. Oh, okay. Okay. I mean, that makes sense. It makes sense. So is, uh, is, is the, the language in New Zealand, not English? Uh, yeah, but it's only 4 million people. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I mean, there's some slight differences. <laughs> 4 million to 320 is a, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess that makes a lot of sense. And, um, and I know definitely 
you know, right now we're in a, a time period where a lot of people are focusing on the arts. Yeah. And, and with, you know, the kind of platforms like SoundCloud and just Facebook in general, you know, it's, it's a little bit easier to get your music out there uh, using these different platforms that are, are very, very uh, low cost to entry. Yeah. And so learning how to play drums and trying to, you know, find a band or something to play with. Uh, I mean, we're kind of in a good time for that. Yeah, I think it's so, great because, so. you know, back in the, the, the olden days or whatever, if you want to call them that, it was kind of, well, not so much the olden days, but in the last, I don't know, maybe 50 to 100 years, it's kind of been looked down upon if you were an artist, whether that's an artist with a paintbrush or a pencil or a musician or something like that because you can't pay the bills that way. But just really practically, like I was saying on, on one of the shows we recorded for this week, um, that, you know, with fiverr.com f-i-v-e-r-r.com you can like go on there and and you could like say you have a particular skill like you could edit this podcast and do all the sound editing for that and put the intro music at the start and the outro music at the end and do that for 30 hours a week or 20 hours and then spend the rest of your week pursuing music and still live and pay the bills and pay rent that way you know i think in this day and age like you can do that a bit easier now which i think is massive yeah yeah I know uh, Fiverr has definitely taken a lot of business away from a lot of major, yeah. a, a lot of major players. Because uh, I know uh, uh, the guy True Strength Apparel, Aaron, he got a ton of stickers made. He'll send his he'll send a True Strength sticker out with every order of his shirt. Yeah, and he got a whole bunch of them made for five dollars. Yeah. So so Fiverr is definitely a really really good resource for anybody trying to get started and stuff, and especially when you're at a point where you can outsource. Uh, some of the the minor works that that you need to get done. So, do, have, have either one of y'all ever actually done anything on Fiverr? Um, I've bought a fair bit of stuff on there, but I haven't put my I, I haven't done any work myself off there. Um, and I was talking to a guy um, who does marketing locally in Hawkes Bay, um, and he was saying that it's he's found it easier. He said it's unfortunate, but it's actually easier to get people overseas from Fiverr or Upwork or something like that to do the work because they do better quality work. Uh, it's faster and communication is easier than local people sometimes. And that's not the case for everyone locally, but some of the, some of the experiences like are just just not so good, you know. And if it's not good on Fiverr, you can you can rate them badly or like request money back and stuff like that, you know. So. But also, most of the time, you've only spent five or six bucks, so you're not going to be that upset even if you are. Yeah. For instance, my logo for Ultimate Drum University dot. Um, I got three or four people to make up um, interpretations of it. And then I, I have a little bit of Photoshop um, knowledge and I just I just combined a couple of them that I like, made made my logo out of that. Oh, that's a good idea. Which it's, it's, good not, idea. it's not by any means like a, a mind-blowing logo or anything like that, but um, it, it's, it does the point. It says the point of what it is, you know, I think so. Right, right. So, so your ultimate goal by the end of this year, you, you're trying to go full-time with your, your drumming business? Yeah, that's the plan. So I've got all these um, results from my survey, and I'm just going through some training at the moment to, to, to analyze that. And then from there, I'm going to start writing a, a core product, writing all the lessons and mind mapping it out. So, you know, I've kind of got a flow for how the whole course is going to go. And then um, spend spend a day probably filming it, maybe two days, 
for the actual course and then spend another day or two of free content, which is like all the bonuses I'll send along with it because if you're going to charge someone, you know, between 50 to 150 US dollars for a course, it needs to have tremendous value because they're not meeting me in person to have one-on-one -on -one drum lessons, so it's a little bit harder to make sense, you know? So they kind of need to... The perception of value, not just the perception, but value actually needs to be there so that they're going to they're gonna really benefit from it and to communicate with that with them as a skill as well. So that's kind of what yeah, I... And, if, and then I'll, I'll edit all the videos myself uh, at this point because I can't afford to outsource them. And then, and then you just grow up from there. That's the plan. So, so, and it, that was one question that I had as I was listening to the work smart show was doing drum lessons without the access of meeting the individual person. Like, had, have you kind of thought about the, uh, like thought thoroughly about how you can, is there any way to, to really substitute that, that in person time with somebody? Um, so basically with, substituting not having me there in person to teach one-on-one -on -one, like in the traditional sense um there's kind of a bit of social proof for me i guess in the fact that my business mentor has, has um has taught seven over seventy-eight thousand guitarists he's taught on his website it says seventy-eight thousand two hundred and three. Um, mm. there's another one called drumeo.com and i think they've got about I can't remember off the top of my head, but they've got like fourteen to 28,000 members, I think, off the top of my head that pay them a monthly fee. And then also to get around that thing of not actually being there in person, I want to have in my um, in my products available a, a a live lesson once a month, maybe twice a month. And so that'll be over like Webinar Jam or something like that. And then if you are a VIP member or whatever I end up calling it, you'll be able to access all the old ones and all the courses I have. So you get a, a, a live lesson two or three times a month. And then um, all that, all the other courses I've shot and edited and put in the members area as well. So that's kind of, that's how you kind of get around that. But it's not the same as having someone one-on-one, -on -one, but at the same time, it's a lot cheaper and for similar results, you know? So are you going to have some type of online community with everybody in it? Yeah, I use Facebook um, for that. And it's kind of like, it's uh, a secret group or a closed group. And and, right. re and the reason I mentioned on the episode we recorded for the Work Smart Show as well, yeah, um, probably like a year or two ago, everything changed and on Facebook. And so if, you, if you're running a page and you put out a post, hardly anyone saw it because of the way they changed their algorithm and how Facebook works for them. But now, yeah. um, so you'd have to you'd have to pay money for advertising, basically to get it out more, which is fine. It's their business model, you know. I don't have a problem with it. Like you can either use it to utilize it, or you can com complain and bitch about it and get nothing done, you know. Um, <laughs> right. that, that's basically how I see it. So I've I've learned how to use that, you know, use that tool, and I've um and so with a closed group, Facebook loves people obviously staying in Facebook. So if you put like a, a link. If you put a link to YouTube, a YouTube video in your uh, personal page, hardly anyone will see that either. And I've tested that with my old band page as well. But what some people do is they put the link to that video or their website or whatever in the comments, and it doesn't get filtered as hard. It doesn't get cracked down as hard. But the even better thing to do than that is to have a secret or a closed group on Facebook that is not searchable, you know, where you have to join it to be able to see the content in there. 
then I can monitor that it matches up their emails or their name that they've signed up for the product with because they only get a link through the email after they buy it. So I know if someone comes to that page because it's a secret page, they can't search it, that they've come through the right means. And then in there, um, Facebook likes you being in Facebook, so they show those posts more frequently. So I'm in the guitar mastery method one, which is the business that my, my business mentor has. And that shows up three or four times, literally every time I scroll through my newsfeed, I get notifications if someone likes a post in there, if that's one of my friends, or if someone posts in there. And um, last podcast on the left is a podcast I listen to, and that's a secret group as well. Um, and so that those that, those things are always in my newsfeed, pretty much more than, than actual friends of mine or business pages I follow the post, you know, because Facebook wants you to stay in there and kind of be insulated. Because, I mean, that's where they want right. you to be, you know, that's where the where the money is for them, you know. So so I think that's a great tool you can utilize, and it's free as well, if you can build an audience into that, you know. Yeah, I, th I think it's so funny, uh, due to the way Facebook is now running ads and everything, like, everybody was falling off of Facebook, and I, I felt like uh, due to their um, their ad abilities and stuff, they've kind of brought everybody back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but the thing, I've heard something recently um, about, I don't know how it works exactly, but I don't think Facebook and SEO or Facebook and Google AdWords actually work that well together. But no, I mean, for the hyper-targeting hyper in Facebook, you know, so that's all I need at this point. Obviously, you don't just want to rely on one traffic source in case your account gets banned yeah. or whatever, but I'm working to building up to those kind of things, so... No, you're right, though. SEO doesn't work particularly well because Google can't search through Facebook as easily. That's why Twitter yeah. and those sort of things will come up above Facebook on your search results. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. I know Um, it's interesting because I hear, like, I don't really hear people doing Google AdWords anymore as much as Facebook ads. No, because just Facebook's so, come and changed the game so much, I think. Hey, I mean, back in the day, when you could buy Google AdWords for literally nothing you know before people actually started to realize what they're worth you know that was that was good but now it's kind of it's not it's not um redundant it's still good to have those but i think seo is probably i don't really know because i haven't done it so i probably shouldn't comment but i would probably be inclined more towards um seo but probably using a combination of all three is probably the best option if you can afford it all because they all cost money at the end of the day you know Right, but Facebook's right. currently got the best ROI and is and is the cheapest at this point for me. Gotcha. So one more very important question. I don't think I, I got the information from you at the beginning. How long have you actually been playing drums? I've been playing drums for about uh, seven or eight years. So okay. like professionally for five and touring band. So so that's kind of where my okay. my credentials I guess come from. And I'm currently studying music um, at EIT in Napier doing a contemporary um, music performance certificate. So it's only level four, but I just thought I'd spend this year really knuckling down on my skills, you know, and, and learning and developing that way. Gotcha, gotcha. Because I, I think that's that's one thing right now, especially, in, in, and I hate to say it, but with our generation, uh, I've noticed a lot of people feel like if they know a little bit about something, they can charge people for that information. Yeah. And I feel like that's where you know, a lot of folks get disappointed because, you know, they feel like I know a little bit about something, but they haven't really mastered it. Yeah. And, and that's something I learned from John Acuff was, uh, 
you know, you spend so much time learning and learning and learning and growing before you ever really master it. Then once you master something, that's when you're able to charge other people to either help them do it or teach them or, you know, whatever. I feel like there's a, a bit of a generation of scam artists out there in a way. You know, there's these people out there that say, like, here's how you start a business, you know, like, here's how you do this online to make money. And the only money they've ever made online is teaching people how to make money online. And they've never actually made money online for <laughs> other than telling people how to do it. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. And, it's like, uh... and, and I think you're a little bit foolish. If you, but these people can be quite cunning as well. I think you're foolish if you go for them and there's nothing in their sales pitch that actually shows you, you know, I created a business with X product and I made X amount of money a year or month or whatever and actually shows you that they've, done it with an with an actual business rather than just an information product where they've just stolen stuff from everyone else that's actually been successful and and slammed together a product if that makes sense yeah were you getting ready to say Stefan? i was just saying there's thousands of them out there too because the moment i got onto twitter i noticed that obviously i looked up at asking what your interests are business and those sort of things and there's thousands and thousands and thousands of growth hackers and entrepreneurs and all of this sort of stuff with thousands of followers and you're thinking i've never heard of this person in my life and i'm in the niche you know i know the business niche and the entrepreneurship niche it's interesting to me so i'm involved in it and you've never heard of these people and yet they're making you know big 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 moves at least they claim on their twitter account so it's like you've got to be really careful of those sort of things yeah i know whenever one thing i really dislike about um I'd say mostly it's Twitter and some Instagram is like anytime you hashtag anything, you'll get like three or four immediate followers and they're all just people trying to sell you their product or their service. It's not a product, it's a service. Yeah. That's interesting. So, Instagram is kind of the same because when I, I, I don't use it as much anymore, but I used to use it all the time. Like when I'd tour and, and, and I'd go roadieing or doing drum teching for people, whatever. I'd see, I'd, I'd like put a, a photo up and I'd hashtag all the drum stuff. I'd hashtag like, the, I wore a particular clothing label, like Deathless Clothing and Illustration. So I'd always hashtag him in it. And then when I started doing my video lessons, I got all these people following me and sending me messages and commenting on my stuff saying, we should work together, bro. And like all this kind of thing. <laughs> I was saying I was working together on putting lessons like, you know, coach for life and all this kind of stuff. Like, right. it's interesting. I don't know what. I don't know if they're actually successful or not, but they must have some element of success to them. But I don't really like it personally. No, it's because you don't know the person. You don't know the person from a bar of soap and you're willing to like pitch all your hopes and dreams to that person. You gotta you have to know people before you jump in with them at least. Yeah, yeah. And and, and I think that's the thing, like I mean, one, uh kind of going back to the whole hashtag thing, every time I look at somebody who's followed me on Instagram or Twitter, they're all lifestyle coaches or they're yeah. all entrepreneur coaches all or just 25 <laughs> how like yeah they, yeah. they have, don't have the experience so i'm 23 so i'm not going around telling people how to do everything you know because <laughs> no one's going to listen to me but they do it they do crazy. listen to these people that's the amazing thing they have to be listened to for someone to keep doing that it wouldn't be you know viable to them if they weren't being listened to by someone yeah i saw somebody today that followed me and I can't remember what their whole bio said, but like the picture that they had up was actually, you know, it, I think what was it, it might've been Instagram. I can't remember. Is it the Instagram or, or it might've been Twitter, but they had pictures of them like chilling at the beach or, you know, that, and I'm like, 
Like, if you're such a hard worker, like, what are you doing chilling at the beach in all of these photos? Exactly. Like, I don't understand it. I mean, I don't know. It's just, you know, social media. Tons of money around. It's like, it's exactly the same thing as 50 Cent having a picture or Snoop Dogg having a picture with bottles of rosé and and weed and money. It's like, it's exactly the same thing. It's like, yeah, but are you actually about that? That's because that's what people want. But if you actually talk to someone like 50 Cent, you know, he's like, sleep he's like i'll sleep when i'm dead you know like he he hustles like he's not like always mm-hmm. partying or like you know he goes out because he's got to be seen at those kind of places but he's a hard worker you know like but the average person doesn't want to well it's not that they don't want to but, but sometimes it is they don't want to put in the amount of hard work that's required the sweat equity the man hours you know and and they, they just want to sit on a beach and drink margaritas you know but you got to have something to fill your time in, I think. And, and these guys work really, really hard to get all that, except for these success coaches. who I've heard stories of they go to the bank, they take out all the money that they have, all the money that's in their, their parents' bank account or trust fund or whatever, and they and they put it on the bed and take the photo and then go and put it all back in the bank. You know? <laughs> I don't know how true that is, but it could, like with some of these success life coaches, it kind of sounds like it could be. We had a staff article a couple of years ago that turned out to be one of those, you know, rich kids in Beverly Hills was in one of the Tumblr or Twitter, you know, posts that you follow. And they were, yeah, people were literally doing that. So you've got to worry, you've got to watch as well. Even then, if you're talking about a trust fund kid, that entrepreneur maybe have a business, but it doesn't mean they're necessarily successful in their business just because they've got money. Right, right. And I would actually caution anybody, um, if you're trying to follow somebody just because they have all those dollar bills in their bed, you're not going to be successful in anything you do anyway. (laughs) Like, I mean, if, if that wad of cash is your goal in life, like a life goal is to have that big wad of cash. You're not going to get too far because what it takes to get that is way beyond what you ever, ever want to do. Exactly. So, but, um, one thing I was going to ask, uh, Stefan, with uh the the work smart show at this point what is kind of like what do you think wh- what would you say your kind of long-term goal is for the show i know stefan talked about his his goal by the end of the year is really to be full-time doing his drum business what do you see for the work smart show kind of long term maybe either we you know whether it's a year or five years or 10 years what are your uh your kind of aspirations for it right so obviously jared has some clear goals i guess my more five-year, ten-year goals, I guess. Um, for me, the mission for the Works Show was always um, twofold. So it was to help those who want to become entrepreneurs to actually then take the step to do it. Um, and secondly, for people that are in workplaces, nine-to-five sort of jobs, to actually um, be successful in those and sort of put 110% in and get value out of those positions so they feel like they're a valuable member of society or work or they get a raise or a promotion or whatever that may be. So... I guess the answer to that would be a bit more loose. So I guess it's just having a community around us that we're actually able to impact in some way. So if we're actually able to have a group of people around us that we're having conversations with, like, is it worth being indispensable to your company? If we're able to nut that sort of issue out around a group of people, and then they have a better answer to that, they have a different tactic they're going to take for their career. So if we're actually able to benefit people like that, I see that as being hugely useful. So I would personally like it to be in five years, 10 years, having people around um, I guess Jared and myself and Jeremiah having a discussion, but then leaving it open to other people to finish that discussion um, and to actually benefit them. Because like Jared said, we're only 25, 23. We don't have the answers. We just want to ask the questions to see what the answers are, if that makes sense. And I yeah. think part of part of it is 
is documenting our journey through this as well, you know? Because oh, Gary Vaynerchuk says, as a young person, you know, I'm pretty sure it was Gary Vaynerchuk video I watched. He said, as a young person going along, you're not you're not going to be able to convince someone that's 45 or whatever, you know, this is how you should do things. You should say, rather, this is my opinion or my intuition says this and kind of document it as you go. So then people yeah. can look back on it and see, oh, that's how we did it. So that's kind of my my thing with documenting what I'm doing as we go along through work smart show with my business and, and the podcast itself as well yeah and as well we nut down on the average weekly we have a, a behind the scenes segment and our actual discussion topic so the behind the scenes segment was important to me because i listened to the startup podcast um, which was so brilliant in the way it broke down what they actually did from day one to day two because it's just good to get like angel investors and capital and sort of stuff and that's cool but day one to two are we really where the actual change begins so an entrepreneur becomes an entrepreneur or not because of that day one change, the actual decision to do it. So I guess documenting for us very, very basic to you know day two or three is where we're trying to get as well. So anyone that wants to follow along behind us, whatever path that may be, like starting a Jared, a business like Jared um, or a podcast like us, then can just do that so much easier because they've got a path to follow. Yeah, I think um, something else with the documenting too that I think – is valuable, but we, we haven't seen it yet, but I feel like it, it could be a thing is as you know, like, cause I mean, honestly, the business with the Bordeaux podcast is, is kind of similar to what the work smart show is about. And so, you know, it's really learning as people are going and, you know, experiencing life. But I think the one thing that, especially like it, maybe you don't want to be an entrepreneur, maybe you just want to work for a business and you just like listening to business. I think one of the things that we can do as we're documenting is figuring out what mistakes were taken and how we learn from the mistake and what we did to not make that mistake again. Yeah. And like, if you're documenting all of that stuff and you're letting potential employers see down the road that this person encountered this and this is how they resolve the issue, Mm -hmm. which is interesting because we might not would have thought about it in that way. Yeah. And another thing is it's not all about, I don't, I don't believe in everyone going out. We talked about it on one of our episodes. It's not come out yet about, you know, um, does, do you have to go into business for yourself? You know, you know, do you, do you have a said skill? Because some people spend their whole lives trying to find that skill and, and they don't, and they might not find it. I know I was watching this Ted talk about this lady who got fired from her job and she was along the story. She was saying about her friend who's 40 or 45. She doesn't know what her passion is, and she she goes to therapists and stuff, and she thinks there's yeah. something legitimately wrong with her because she doesn't know what her passion is. Yeah. But also, Grant Cardone, I think it was, said five out of six millionaires in the world are employed by someone else. So it's not all about going out and starting your own business. There's plenty of rich people if you want to be rich, which is not all about that. It's kind of the lifestyle you want to build. That's why I've gone out on my own to start my own business um but you know rich people work for other people is basically at the end of the day you know gary v says a lot as well he talks a lot about being number one isn't actually the aim for a lot of people like i'm i'm not going to be an entrepreneur realistically in the business sense that jared will be i'm not that sort of person i'd prefer to work in a team or under other people that's just the way I prefer to work. So I'm quite happy to be number two or three in a startup company, number 65 in a startup company, but I don't want to be that number one spot. Do you know what I mean? So it's even knowing that that's your deal. You don't have to be an entrepreneur. You don't have to get stuck in a nine to five. It's knowing which of your options you actually have or both somewhere in the middle. Right, right. Well, and that's kind of like, I, I you know, I've had a few people tell me, they're like, well, you know, what's your business? 
And I tell them, I'm like, well, I really don't have my own business. I, I have a podcast. I have a website. And, you know, I, I, I do things. I have two podcasts. I was like, but as far as a business, you know, I still work. A, in, well, it's not a nine to five, but I still work a 40 hour week job. But I'm an entrepreneur with track stars. And I think a lot of people like you can take entrepreneurial uh, entrepreneurial skills and you can apply them at your current work if you're in charge of something. And and I think that's that that's one area that a lot of people I think a lot of people feel like especially in this day and age when everybody's an entrepreneur as you know Gary Vaynerchuk says it's the popular thing right now, but like if you're thinking about you know you don't have to actually start and run a company on your own. That's one thing like my wife told me a while ago. She was like, you do realize that to start a company takes like 80 to 100 hours a week. Mm. And if you're a family man or you're a family woman, you know, that's, that's a lot of time away from your family. And so finding a company with a goal and a purpose that you see yourself helping with and then applying what you know to it is definitely helpful. And sometimes it's healthier to know that you're doing those sort of things in another company because then you actually have your situation under control. Because some people, I think, do take that limb, they jump out on that limb before they should or even if they shouldn't because there is people that aren't, you know, they aren't suited to entrepreneurship and they're just going to take it because it's the popular thing like Gary V says or possibly the opposite. You know, you get stuck in a job because um, people tell you don't have those skills. So it's kind of knowing which you do have. And that I guess you only know that once you try certain things. But that's why partially the WorkSmart show is good for me because I can see what I can do and then know what I don't actually like or can't do effectively. So I can actually test those waters without putting my entire family's income down the drain, without quitting job and starting a company. Right, right. I mean, I respect that. Jared, uh, I don't know if we got this information from you. Do, do you have a family, wife, kids? Uh, I'm currently engaged. I'm getting married on the 10th of February, 2018. I mean, okay. I don't necessarily have like a, a family as such, but a, a, trying to run a business and study, and I work like three jobs as well and my own business. Like, it's quite hard trying to, trying to balance all those and still make time for my fiance, you know? So that's that's kind of the hard thing, but it's kind of long term, long game for me, you know. Right. And she she totally understands that she's great, and she she gives me, if I say I can't, you know, she gives me the time that I need yeah. to work on what I need to work on. And yeah, I'd like to do that. I'd like to be able to do it every night until this thing's off the ground, you know. But some my business mentor would probably say that I. Well, it's the only thing I should spend my time on, and I agree. As a business, that's the only thing I should spend my time on. But with with the wedding coming up and like and trying to, you know, be become closer with her and and get to know each other more and planning and everything, like I've got to make those sacrifices to my business. But it might take me an extra five years to get to where I want to get. But you know, I think she's more important than my business at the end of the day. Cool, cool. I'm glad you said that because I think some people. And well, I think a lot of people might feel that if if she, if he or she doesn't support what I'm doing with my business, then well, I think I, the thing depends on when you meet the person as well. Yeah, like it's me or the business kind of. Yeah, yeah, and um, and so I think you know it's it's good to make sure that up front, especially before engagement, that you you know you, both people kind of understand what the scenario is. Yeah. And even discuss, you know, well, you know, what would we do if this scenario changed into this kind of situation? Yeah. 
and so that's um that's definitely cool so just just kind of curious have either one of you ever thought about moving to america or y'all just kind of going to stay in new zealand i'd definitely visit i don't know if i'd ever move what about you i'd love to live in america in all honesty but you know that's kind of with the business like being being out in the world that's kind of my dream so i can go and because she's a nurse she's a registered nurse in new zealand so you know if i can we can if we could move to to wellington somewhere where she can progress in her job and i can still support you know the family whatever through my business then that's the ultimate goal so she can experience more of what she wants to experience while i'm still doing something i love you know and i'd like to live in america at some point i don't know permanently but it would be cool but we'll see where we end up you know it's definitely a possibility in my mind Mm. right um jared and i obviously we have american um well grandparents as well so there is some draw card there i would definitely visit i just don't know if i'd ever leave new zealand particularly living wise um so there's a whole bunch of places i'd love to visit but i just new zealand kind of fits it for me personally i was just wondering um you know i know for uh, a, a lot of folks overseas like America's, you know, is, is, you know, dubbed the land of opportunity. And, um, but, you know, as, as we kind of discussed beforehand, uh, in New Zealand, y'all do have a, a, a capitalistic society, right? Yeah. And so is it, is it kind of similar to, to kind of the, the way American system is where, you know, you can kind of, there's no limits on what you can make and, and produce and kind of the level of success. Not at all. But I mean, um, obviously, um, different states in America have different tax rules and stuff. I think Florida is quite a popular one for businesses because of the low tax rate. Uh, but in New Zealand, it's all like a, a flat rate. But there's only 4 million people, so there'll be no point in having like potential tax rates or whatever. Um, but there is, I think, a business tax is a standard of 30%, I think. And you've got the government service tax as well. Yeah. So it, yeah, it's, it's similar, but it's a lot, I think it's probably a lot less complex because it's just the same throughout the country. So it doesn't matter where you move and that's not an issue. You can do it in a tiny town in New Zealand of like 20,000 or in the bit, one of the bigger cities with like, you know, a million to 2 million people in it, which is still tiny. So were there any kind of incentives to start a business? Um, in New Zealand? Yes. Yeah. Um, making lots of money. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I mean, I mean, um, there will be certain com- you know, parts of the government that incentivize um, certain businesses because they need you know, in- employment in those areas. Um, I was just looking before on the uh, New Zealand tourism industry site. It actually said that we are the easiest country, one of the easiest countries in the world to start a business because there's no real, um, like I know you guys have limited liability companies there, LLCs, is that right, in America? Yes. We have essentially the same kind of structure. So we're just, we call them limited companies. So you're at like Works My Show Limited rather than LLC. But apart from that, it seems to be pretty much the same. Um, so I don't know if there's incentives in regards to like financial incentives, but like Jared said, there's definitely the incentive of improving your income. Right. Yeah. And also, I mean, it's, it's not like, a, it's not like a, a tax haven or anything like that. I mean, it's just where I am for now and it's a stepping stone to get where I eventually want to be. But, mm. you know, um, I think we're pretty lucky here because, well, you don't have to register um, GST, which is, the government, one of the government taxes, yeah. uh, until you make sixty thousand a year. That's so at right, the start, yeah. you can, I mean, you can't write anything off, obviously, but there's no point in, in registering a GST company if you're not even going to make that threshold, you know. 
uh, 16 right. to 8 gross, not profit. And there's a lot of people, because part of my job is to um, look at income and those sort of things and accountants and, and financial statements. And a lot of our people um, are self-employed and sole traders. So they're just, they don't have a company structure above them, but they are in business, if you will. Gotcha. Yeah, well, uh, last year, I've got a friend that works in politics um, down in Wellington, but his, he was telling me, I think it was 25% of the GDP in New Zealand was from, was from, um, Cut was from individual companies, you know, like solopreneurs yeah. or something like that. I can't remember the exact stats, but it, it in America, it's something like forty percent. It's something like forty percent of American GDP is created by companies with fifty employees or less. So it's it, they're a huge part of the economy. So whenever you said solopreneur, it made me think of uh, Chris Ducker, which is a, a podcast mm-hmm. I listen to, and uh, and you know, Tom's almost up here. I would love for for both of you to kind of share. Uh, your top podcast, uh, whether it's business or just lifestyle, whatever it is, uh, you know, just in case there's something out there that that we're missing and that we're not aware of, because I, I I'd love to get that list up and uh, and hopefully find something new that I can check out. Mm. <laughs> what have you got, Jared? Well, I've got I've got um, my f- ultimate uh, podcast, my favorite podcast of all time, is definitely last podcast on the left. And you hear about that on the show a lot. <laughs> it's it's, it's it started out as like a, a podcast with three guys that liked horror films and games and stuff like that, but it morphed into kind of like a true crime podcast, but in okay. a kind of humorous way they do it, and it's really genius. It's three, um, uh, com- or two comedians and a producer, and they're kind of like impromptu comedians that make it up. One of them's from Canada, and two of them are from, one of them's from Wisconsin, and the other one's from Texas. So that's my my favorite podcast. No, I don't really so much listen to, to, to business podcasts anymore because unfortunately a lot of business podcasts are there to try and create an audience. Yeah, so right. they try to they catch up on the hype and stuff. So I, I kind of listen to more uh, audio books or, um, or, or audio programs because they're catered more to a specific thing that I'm trying to work right. with, you know. So I've, I've, got, I've read most of Grant Cardone's books. I recommend mm. them. Uh, the 10x rule is a great one. Um, just continuing on that on that trend of books, um, if you're looking to create an online business or make money online, I recommend Circle of Profit by Arnik Singhal. He's an Indian guy who's who runs Learn Academy, which is all about business online. So that's um, Circle of Profit by Arnik Singhal, which is A-N-I-K-S-I-N-G-A-L, I think. Um, and podcast-wise, I used to listen to um, uh, there was one really good one, but I don't know if they still do it. I can't remember off the top of my head what it's called, but it's the, the Active Campaign one's pretty good because that's all about email marketing and the trends and what's happening in that. But yeah, business podcasts, I don't really listen to those so much anymore. They become very repetitive, don't they? Or they end up selling you something with business podcasts. Yeah, that's one of the aggravating things when when somebody's got a when somebody's got a product, you hear the same product on every single podcast, and everybody's trying to get their affiliate uh, commission off of it. Do you do you use um, ads in your podcast, Jason? Uh, I have I have two patrons for the show on Patreon. Yeah, and so I'll, I'll plug them at the beginning and the end real quick. I think so. that's the perfect way to do it, you know, because people that actually really care or like what you do can support that but i i hate it i hate it when people advertise on podcasts because it's just like right what like this 
one podcast I used to listen to is like they advertise Casper mattresses. I can't get those in New Zealand, like you know, or they advertise like Adam and Eve like sex toys. Like that's not relevant to me at this point in my life, you know. Like wow, oversharing. That's funny. How about you, Stefan? It's kind of like they just oh. take the money where they can. Right. Oh, right. I think, yeah. Like Patreon's great, you know, for that kind of thing. Mm. The one, um, actually, it's interesting when you watch Beliefs, um, Belief in Fatherhood series, he's really interesting to watch the way he's moved towards advertising because sometimes he's clearly advertising something and sometimes you're like, is he? But he'll say outright, hey, I'm being paid to advertise this to you. Right. And you're kind of like, okay, that's fine. I don't feel encroached or you're not being rude about it, so it's fine. Um, my favorite one probably of all time is Track Stars, which I've been listening to for years. Um, you can you know, shout them out. Um, after that is Entree Leadership with um, Ken Coleman, yep. um, which is a really, really good one just for those different people he has on there. Um, the Ask Pat one, I actually listened to the, uh, the episode you had with Sean David Grant, and he had a, so many of his podcasts. So I was like, I'm going to go look these up. So the Startup Podcast, the Planet Money Podcast, um, your Ask Pat Podcast that you've recommended a couple of times, um, most of those I listen to you know, every week and that takes up most of the day between all of those. So <laughs> I'm still working through the backlog of entrepreneur leadership because I work through the backlog of yours, obviously, and then um, through the backlog of startup and then NPR. So now I'm on the backlog of entrepreneur leadership. Uh, once I run into that, I'm not sure what I'm going to have to look at. Yeah, I know. I, I, I used to listen to the entrepreneur leadership a lot more and um and i think for me the entree leadership was more generalized information like generalized leadership definitely and uh and so a lot of the things i, I was kind of hearing but you know i think this kind of an interesting thing and it's kind of like you know um gary vaynerchuk says he says the same thing over and over and over and over again mm, like I he know. doesn't really <laughs> say anything new he just kind of finds and honestly uh not to get too like christianese or whatever but I mean, most sermons are kind of the same thing too yeah. like i heard andy stanley say on one of his podcasts like pretty much just the same concepts broken down in different ways using different pictures hmm. yeah and, and uh, that's the thing it's like these things the, the techniques change i guess but at the end of the day the what what the glue that that holds them together and makes them successful or makes them fail is the yeah. same, you know? Like business through the ages is all about adapting and changing. Like me and Stefan talked about direct marketing, you know, like email, um, uh, flyer mail and stuff like that. We call it junk mail here because everyone hates it, right. you know, circulars. So pretty much, like, I don't know what the stats would be, but if we walk down the street, probably more than half of the people would have a no circulars or no junk mail sign on oh, their letterbox, absolutely. which means their advertising is null and void. But when no, they but still spend, yeah, it. it's still a massive industry that's pretty much irrelevant because if I get it, I throw it out, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's a waste of money. It yeah. Is. But I mean, but, avatar, but in the same vein, like that marketing approach might not work as well anymore. But that, that approach might not work anymore. But the fact is, market advertising is still a thing, you know? But it's just a different way. So it's about adapting. And that's the thing with Gary Vee or just saying the sermons like, it might be the same thing said over and over, but that's because those things don't change. You know, it's just the, the techniques kind of change a little bit, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. That's my kind of two cents on that. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Well, gentlemen, uh, we are rounding that hour mark and I definitely want to respect both of your time 
and uh and and i do appreciate both of you being on the show and this is the first actually it's the first it's two different first it's the first of having two guests at the same time (laughs) and it's the first of having anybody from overseas and technically it's the first i've ever talked to anybody in the future because currently you're 14 hours ahead of me yes we're 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 on the 11th of july at the moment so yeah and i'm on the 10th of july (laughs) back to the future right here so technically you are ahead of my time so and you actually do well i'm gonna gonna head off and jump in the delorean and shoot off in a minute (laughs) <laughs> we do have a bit of trouble on our podcast i know with just having two people um having three is such a mission for just the fact that you can't you know talk over top of each other You're like whoops my bad my bad right, so we have right. that trouble as well <laughs> well i'll tell you what uh before we go if if both of you kind of want to uh, share your your websites and jared i guess we'll start with you and uh where they can find you and your drum uh your drum class your drum what do you call it a program class yeah, it's a, it's it's um just one product at the moment, but it's okay. going to expand by the end of the year or before the end of the year. So if you just head over to ultimatedrumuniversity.com, you'll be able to to be able to see what products I've got there. Hit me up on Facebook at Ultimate Drum University, or if you want, just reach out to me, email me Jared at ultimatedrumuniversity.com. That's my personal email address. And if you're wanting to look at those lessons, I'll hook you up and give you a deal on that. Okay. Stefan? Um, our ones, of course, are all at WorkSmart Show, so it's just one word on pretty much everything. Um, I'll monitor the Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, everything, you know, um, all the social networks. Our email address is WorkSmartShow at gmail.com, but um, you can access our website, which at the moment is a Weebly, which we're having some progress with. <laughs> so it's WorkSmartShow.Weebly.com, but in a couple of weeks, we'll move to a full WorkSmartShow.com. So visit either of those, and we'll have a redirect there anyway. Sounds good. And podcast, is there a guest of a window podcast to be on iTunes or whatever? Yeah, so I'm just dealing with, at the moment, the uh, radio station to get the access to the actual files, and then we'll put them on iTunes, etc. But at the moment, you can go onto our website, and it'll be redirected from there. Okay. Cool deal. Cool deal. Well, gentlemen, again, I appreciate you both being on the show. And for all you listening, this is the Business with Bordeaux podcast, and we'll be back with another interview next week. Alrighty, that was the interview with Mr. Stefan Speller from the Work Smart Show and also Jared Green from Ultimate Drum University. Make sure you're checking both of those out. Again, the Work Smart Show, uh, he's uh, got a real similar thing to what I'm doing, but the cool thing is he actually has a daily blog that you can check out. Obviously, I only have a weekly blog, and um, a lot of you may know that, but I am going to start taking my blog and I'm going to start talking about it on my business with the border anchor station so make sure you jump on on anchor and the actual work smart show is on anchor as well and so you can follow that and you can also follow the solomon's porch podcast anchor station that way you can participate in all the different things that we talk about on those channels and so i hope to look forward to well i look forward to seeing you on there for those of you who aren't already on there Sorry, getting a little tongue-tied here. I must be tired. But anyway, um, before we go this week, I do want to remind you to make sure you're checking out the Game Face t-shirt over on TrueStrengthApparel.com, and we are giving a shirt away to one lucky winner. All you have to do to win is share two of your favorite episodes of the show over on either Facebook, Twitter, 
uh, Instagram, whatever social media platform you choose, probably Facebook and Twitter be better. Hashtag business with Bordeaux and hashtag true strength apparel. Make sure you use both of those to win. And also want to thank WordPress Stan over at WPStan.com. If you need any kind of help building a website using Word, uh, WordPress, excuse me, uh, make sure you hit him up on uh, WPStan.com and see how he can help you get started. And so anyway, uh, that's pretty much it for the show this week. I thank you for listening to the show for another week. If you like it, if you like the podcast and haven't subscribed yet, do that. If you want to leave a review, you can do that as well. And if you just want to hit me up personally at Jason Bordo one on Twitter and Instagram, or you can head over to businesswithbordo.com and um, go to the contact section. So that's pretty much it. I thank you for listening and we will be back next week. God bless.